0: One says, please pray for Linda Cermak. Uh, she's having complications from her recent lung transplant, and that was from Sherry Klein. Uh, we have a request to pray for Bob Swisher. Uh, pray for his salvation, and also his heart beats out of rhythm, and he needs to get shock treatments. And that was from Brother Ronnie Blankenbeckler. Uh, this request is for the uh, 33 Men series. Uh, pray for the men of our church. For them to follow God to where He would guide us. A request for Shannon and Dickie Knight. Uh, Shannon had her triple bypass. Dickie has bladder and kidney cancer, and he has chosen to take treatment, but the doctors have given him six months to live, and that's from Joy Hilton. Please pray for Howard Minkler, uh, praying that his tests will show what is wrong with him. Uh, he can't keep any food down, and he has also lost a lot of weight, and that is also from Joy Hilton. And also pray for Linda Minkler, which is Joy Hilton's sister. She's having problems with her kidneys and she will be seeing a doctor. Uh, Request for Victoria uh, Macprong, onboard child Colton Lee, which is due in January, 2023. Uh, He's been diagnosed with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which means the left side of his heart did not form correctly. And please pray for God's divine miracle working power this was requested by Sherry Macprong, which is Victoria's mother. Please pray for Pat Marine. She will be having uh, skin grafts on her legs on Friday, November 18th, and this is requested by Becky. So, uh, TJ, could you uh, open us up in prayer, please?
1: 371, 371, everybody stand.
2: just though store
0: is to go ahead and come down uh, for this evening's tithes and offerings uh, we're just going to go over a couple announcements that are for this upcoming week uh, there will be cantata practice uh, are we having it Monday night Monday night and also Wednesday evening following the midweek service if you have any questions you can see Andrea or Delmer uh, youth group and discovery club will be on Tuesday night uh, the children's Christmas play practice is on Saturdays from 9 15 to 11:30 30 a.m. Uh, Please be sure to have your child at every practice uh, because we only have a little bit of time left. The Christmas play for the kids will be on December 11th. Uh, This Tuesday night starts the men's 33 series. It's for all men ages 18 and up. Invited to come out to the classes led by Mr. Rick Tallman. Rick, rave your hand. If you have any questions, you can see him or Pastor Mike. Uh, There will be a men's devotion night this Friday at 630 in the fellowship hall and uh, Brian Comley will be bringing the devotion and the men will be having subs. And then Saturday at seven o'clock in the fellowship hall, there will be young adults Bible study. And then this Sunday is the last, uh, Sunday the 20th, it's the last chance to get your uh, forms in for the poinsettias. And you can see Ida Mae Main or Naomi uh, Myers. And also there's a lot of other uh, stuff going on in November and December at our church. So get your uh, bulletin and and check out what's going on. So. Billy, would you ask the blessing over the offering?
2: ABC.
3: i She lost the race yeah. where the only a place where hope is given, where you're freed from sin and shame, where he heals your broken heart and speaks new life again, where his love is ever drawing, to a place where All the things that used to bind me now are laying at my feet so if you don't want to praise him then please don't
1: Good evening. How's everybody tonight? <laughs> well, good. I don't know when it'll ever happen to where I stop being nervous to get up here and preach. I doubt it ever happens because I know it's such a big deal. but I'd probably just sit up here and sing and sing and sing and until y'all went home, and I'd be like, oh, they went home, I guess I won't preach. (laughs) But that's not what God has in mind. So if you would be so kind, turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. We're going to be starting in verse number 1, reading verse number 1 through... Uh, verse number 10 Um, if you want to stand in honor of the reading of the word of God and uh, the Bible says Jeremiah chapter 18 verse number 1 the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words then I went down to the potter's house and behold He wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. And what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I have thought to do unto them. And at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good work of the good, wherewith I said I would benefit them. Let's pray, Father. We're thankful, Lord, for it's another opportunity to be in Your house tonight, Father. We're thankful um, just for the whole day, the service this morning, the Word that uh, Your Word we heard preached this morning, and Father, Your Spirit that we felt and able to uh, praise Your name, and and Lord, we thank You for the songs that were sung and lift praises up to you this afternoon. And God, we just pray at this time, as we get into your word, Lord, I pray that it is your message that is heard, Father, and that it is nothing from me. I am, I have nothing to offer whatsoever. Anything uh, that I have of of any use is only through you. And God, I pray that you would just speak uh, at this time through me. Father, use me. God, I pray that you'll just forgive me of anything that might be holding back. Lord, I pray that whatever is said is what you want to be said. God, I pray for the hearts of everyone that is here tonight. Father, they will be open and receptive to receive your word. I pray that they came to hear your word, Father, uh, and that they came uh, to draw closer to you, to to see something, to find something in your word, Father, uh, that will be a help to them. God, it's all a help. Lord, I pray uh, that that God, that they came searching for that, seeking for that, that that when we leave this place, Lord, uh, we might be different than what we uh, were when we came in, Father. That we might be um, on fire for you, Father. that We might um, give our lives back to you if there's one that is backslidden and, and away from you. God, I pray uh, that you would draw them tonight to you, Lord. If there's one here that's never trusted you as their Savior, as Lord of their life, God, I pray that tonight that they will see the need to ask you into their heart, Father, and to trust you as Savior, and to give their life totally and completely unto you. God, I pray that for me. Lord, I just want to give my life to you, Lord. And I'm so thankful uh, for this opportunity. I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your son. I'm thankful for your love. God, just move among us here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, 18 is where we're at in verse 1. Um, the nation of israel was god's chosen people and all throughout the old testament the bible it just seems like a roller coaster ride of a relationship between the nation of israel and god Uh, they're drifting off to do their own thing god's pulling them back just to drift off and pull them back it seems no sooner than they get back they forget about the blessing that God has bestowed upon them and they're out doing their own thing again. And that in and of itself convicts me because I know so many times God blesses me with uh, blessings unimaginable that I don't even deserve. And it isn't long that I receive them that I don't rest into that blessing and re- enjo- rejoice into that and enjoy that and praise His name for it before I'm out looking for the next blessing. And it just never seems like it's good enough in our lives and in. And in the, in the nation of Israel is the same way and uh, and we find them here at another place uh, to where they are drifting from God here in Jeremiah um, we see in this whole book here uh, of, of, of just of, of what that they were experiencing and in chapter two verse 13 it talks about their idolatry chapter 2 verse 19 it talks about how they just did not have a fear of God in chapter four verse 22 how they were just just insisted on doing evil. Chapter 6, verse 14 talks about their greed. 7, verse 6 talked about how they oppressed others and shed blood. Chapter 7, verse 9, how they were thieves and murderers and adulterers. Chapter 7, verse 31, how they killed children. Uh, Chapter 9, 4, and 5, how they were liars and slanderers. 16, verse 22, how they were determined to execute their own will and not live in the will of the Father. Chapter 17, verse 22 and 23, how they were Sabbath breakers. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that list, it sounds awfully familiar, awfully familiar to a place where we live in today. I'm thankful for America. Ain't no place I'd rather live in this whole country, and whole world, I mean, than America. Uh, But there is definitely, you can see a resemblance when you read down that list God no longer is in the forefront of many people's minds here in America uh, because we've created these idols. There's no fear of God like there once was. There's just an insistence on doing the things of their own heart, not living for God. Uh, uh, Crime is just at a soaring rate. Abortion is always a hot topic. Who knows where you can find the truth around here? And um, we're just content to live our own way. And uh, so as I read down that, I just see so many resemblance of, of where we are today here in America and here in our own lives. Because let's face it, it's talking about a nation, but a nation is made up of people. And the people is what drive whatever is going on in that nation. So even though we're talking about the nation, it all has to do with the people. The people are living in such a way, and it's driving this nation. And Jeremiah was given uh, this task, this calling, to give the Word of God to these people and unfortunately for Jeremiah, it wasn't a word of hope. It wasn't a word of peace. It wasn't a joyous word. It was a word to reach out to them and, and give a warning that, hey, if you don't stop doing what you're doing and turn back to God, judgment's coming. And it wasn't well received, I can tell you that. Jeremiah um, when, when you read down into this whole book and what has happened, uh, he was threatened, he was tried for his life, he was put in stocks, he was forced to flee where he was at, publicly humiliated, thrown in a pit, called a traitor, falsely accused, and he even got to the point to where one time he just cried out and he said, God, I don't even want to do this anymore. But he couldn't stop it. In Jeremiah chapter 20, it said, Then I said, I will make mention of him, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Man, it's easy for me to stand up here and say we need people. We need people to where the word of God is shut up in their bones like a burning fire and it just can't wait to get out. But in my own life, the word of God needs to be a burning fire in my heart and in my bones. To where it just can't help but to get out when it sees a world that is lost and dying that it just can't help even with the uh, accusations whatever might be coming our way uh, the affliction that might come from delivering a message that nobody wants to hear but the word of God just burning so much in our hearts and in our lives that it just can't help but to get out and that's where Jeremiah was he didn't he wanted at a place where he wanted to quit but the word of God was just burning so much inside him that he just couldn't. And man, oh, oh, that we as as God's people would have that same desire and that same yearning that the word of God is just burning in our hearts. So God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, hey, I got another message that I'll need you to deliver to my people. He said, but I don't want to just tell you this. I need to illustrate this to you. I need you to go see this. And then once you get there, I'll give you my word. So he goes to the potter's house. And at the potter's house, verse number three, it says, then I went to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel. So as seemed good to the potter to make, when he gets there, he sees the potter and the potter is at his workstation and he's sitting at the wheel and he starts to take this clay and, and he starts to mold it and to make it. And it's obvious to Jeremiah that the potter has something in mind, that he has a plan for this, for this lump of clay. And as he, and he's going, and, and he's, and he's forming, and he's fashioning this thing, he has a plan and, 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 and something in mind that he can produce something that is profitable. Maybe that He takes this article, uh, whatever it is, this cup, maybe he's making a bowl, whatever this vessel is, maybe he takes it down to the market and he sells it so he can make some money for his family. Maybe that's how it's profitable. Maybe it's for everyday use. Maybe he has something for a special need for his family, for himself, that he's making this, this vessel. But either way, the end goal is for this thing that he is making, this thing that he is creating to be profitable to be profitable and it's it's evident the determination of the potter as the potter is at the wheel and he is just focused on on this task at hand because he has in his mind this vision of what this end product is going to be that is going to be fruitful one day that is going to be profitable to the potter but what he notices is that the clay is just uncooperative the clay as he sits there and he molds it um Maybe he's, he's got his hands around this clay as it's around the wheel. And the potter, I can just envision it kind of like get to a point to where it's kind of overflowing over his hands a little bit. And it's just not staying in form like he wants it. And he pulls his hands out and he, he, he regroups and he brings it back to the center of the wheel so he can focus it and, 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 so, and so he can form it and, and give it cre- and form. And, uh, and maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's why the clay's not being cooperative. Maybe the clay's just too dry. Uh, Maybe it's just not fashioning like he would like it to because it's too dry, and he has to add maybe some water to it. Maybe there's too much water to it, and he's got to add some, I don't know, maybe some powder or some, some more clay or something to where he can get this lump of clay into something that he can mold and fashion that it could at some point be a profitable vessel for the potter maybe there's a rock inside the clay and it's just keeping it uh, from, from having that smooth form that he's looking for and he's got to take that rock and discard that rock. Something has happened here because it says that, uh, that, that the clay was marred in the hands of the potter. And, he, and, and, the, and the potter keeps adding and he keeps applying pressure and he keeps doing these things, plucking things out until finally the clay is yielded to the potter and that that word yielded um, it's it's interesting because it can mean a couple of things it could mean it's surrendered it's submitted to the potter or it can yield a profit it can yield fruit but in order for that to yield fruit it's got to yield by submission So eventually, he starts to pull and take and add whatever it is that it needs to be done to fashion and form this clay to where finally it surrenders to the potter and it yields to the potter to where it can finally be formed and fashioned into what the potter had envisioned and what the potter had in mind. And the patience of the potter at that point becomes evident to Jeremiah. And it's at that point Verse number five, where the Lord, in my mind, I don't know, I don't know why, it's, just, it's like drops a hammer in my mind. Verse five says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Now I don't, maybe it's just me, but that was just such an awesome verse in declaring the authority and the power of God. God's saying, Hey, can't I do with you as this potter? Can't I just freely mold you and fashion you and really just do whatever I want, just like this potter? And he says, Behold the clay in the in the potter's hand, in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. God in this point is declaring his control over his people, his authority. Psalm says, but our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Isaiah says, for I am God, there is none else. I am God, and there is no one like me. No one else has this authority. No one else has this ability to just really just do whatever he wants. Daniel says, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Nobody can hold him back and no one can be like, hey, God, what in the world are you doing here? He's got the final authority. In Romans, he says, hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, and another unto dishonor god is just revealing in my mind his power in this instance his control and isn't that what some people have such a hard time with with god the fact that they don't have control and god has all of it and they try to uh Run. They think that they can run and avoid. They think that they can go do these other things and that somehow if they can run far enough, fast enough, get a little darker in the sin or do whatever, that somehow they're going to get out of God's control. But the fact of the matter is there's nowhere you can run. There's nowhere you can hide. God sees where you are and wherever you are, He is in control and He has power and He has authority. So... What's the use of running? But when I look at this, what I see here is we are at the mercy of God. We're at the mercy of God. And and when one thing, when one person or thing is at the mercy of another person or or thing, then in that situation, uh, they can't prevent themselves from being affected by that other. They're just at the mercy of it. At the mercy of God. And, 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 and the nation of Israel was at the mercy of God. America is at the mercy of God. We are at the mercy of God. And that, that can be a frightening thing when you think about it. Just how you have no control, and God has all of it. And if in, at any moment he decides, he wants to... He's done messing with us. (laughs) He's done fooling around with us. That if He so desires, He could discard of us. That is a humbling thing in my mind. It just makes me in awe of His power and makes me realize just how insignificant I am. In Romans, it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher power, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained of God whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. In Colossians it says, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong he hath done. There is no respect of persons. It's our disobedience. It's our selfishness. It's our determination to do our own way. It's our determination to be so uncooperative in the hands of the potter because we're determined to do our own thing, to follow our own purpose and to cause our own way. And it causes us to potentially come face to face with the wrath of God. And God's sitting here, this whole thing, like I said, it's Jeremiah proclaiming to these people, hey, you better repent hey, you better repent. Judgment's coming. The Babylonians are going to come in, they're going to take over, uh, and they're going to just invade and, and take over and destroy our land. You need to repent before, so it can hold back God's hand. But they are determined. It says down here later on, they just kind of mock God and, and they basically say there's no use. We're going to continue doing what we're doing. But we insist on making God anything what the first priority in our life, anything. And I'm reminded of this verse in Exodus where it says, for thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. God wants all of us, all of our attention, all of our focus, our dedication, our, 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 our lives. He wants us to dedicate to him and surrender to him but I can just picture that potter at the potter's wheel. And and time and time again, it's just realizing one marred marred piece in the clay after another and uh, just frustration building up. I, I don't know if I'm the only one who's ever been there who's done some type of a task at work or at home and just the frustration builds up and it builds up and it builds up to a boiling point. We were at a job one day, and I'm sure many of you remember Shane Jackson, and how theatrical he could be, and over the top he could be. Well, there was this guy that was working with us, and he had just started working with us, and he seemed like a a really good guy, and uh, he was up on a ladder, and he was putting some metal, uh, some sheet metal up in this bay to pan it off, and, um, and we had, we had music playing. I usually have Jesus music playing back in the day, but man, and and so I thought things were okay. I'm singing along. Everybody's just working. All of a sudden, that dude jumps off of that ladder. He whips that thing of metal across the room, and it just misses Shane's head, and he storms out the door. He slams the door, and me and Shane are just looking at each other like, what just happened there? i tell you what happened. That piece of metal was being uncooperative (laughs) in the hands of the person that was trying to fashion something, and I just, and I know I've been there where you're in a tight spot and you got your screwdriver up there and you can't just quite get it how you want it. And then you come up out of the thing, you throw it and you kick the door and that's it, I'm done. Come on, I'm not the only one. But I look at the potter and I think, how, how much can he take? How much just frustration can he take? How much frustration can God take from a people that are just determined to live their own way and to do their own thing and just insist on not obeying him and not living for this God who has all power and all authority. We are completely and totally at his mercy. If he wanted to discard of us, he could discard of us. But I'm thankful that that's not what this passage says. This passage says, so he made it again. He took the clay and he started over and he made it again. And, and I think of that, that we are um, at the mercy of God. We're at the mercy of his wrath. But then at the same time, I think of how we are at the mercy of God. We are at his mercy. In verse seven, it says, at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I pronounce turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil thought to do unto them. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And I think of that verse, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And you know why those mercies are new every morning? Because we need new mercies every morning. Every day, if it was up to me, if it was up to us, it would just be one failure, one stumble after the, after the other. And God the potter would just be constantly, constantly just trying to mold and shape. But we would be so uncooperative and doing our own things and failing him time after time after time after time. But there's sometimes that God has to remove things from our lives to make us more fashionable, to make us more moldable, to make us yield to him. Sometimes young people, you might have to take somebody, a friend out of your life, a friend group. Maybe you're hanging around with the wrong people and you wonder, man, why did, why did my class have to change? Now I'm not with these people. Why did I gotta move? Why did this, why did that? Well, maybe that's God taking those people out of your life because that's the marred part of you as a piece of clay and God's removing that so that he can mold you and fashion you what he has in store and in mind for you. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's the same type of thing. Maybe the job has just consumed you. Maybe it's bad influences at the job that just kind of distracts you and leads you away. Maybe the job's just consumed all your time and God's trying to call you to do you to these other things, but the job's in the way, and maybe God takes that job. You're like, God, I love that job. Why did you take it? Maybe it's that job that's keeping you from allowing him to form you and fashion you The way that he has planned, the way that he has envisioned. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you've enjoyed just a good go at it. You've never wanted for money, but maybe that whole thought, maybe that whole circumstance has just caused you to enjoy these luxuries and it's caused you to put God in the back burner now all of a sudden things are a little tighter and you're like God why am I facing these tight situations maybe God is taking those finances because that's the thing that's hindering you and he's trying to fold you and and fashion you to this vessel of honor this vessel that is fit for the master's use maybe I I can relate to this maybe it's your health I you know I being unhealthy stinks. I can tell you that firsthand. But one thing that I can tell you, that if it wasn't for experiencing some of these trying times to where God's got to bring you to your knees, to where all you can do is look up to him, all you can do is pray to him, you just wouldn't really realize the goodness of God and your, that, the, the faithfulness of God and, and these things of God that, that all of a sudden come to light and that it just causes you to yield a little bit more to Him and surrender a little bit more to Him. You wonder why God's taking these things from you? Maybe that's because that's the thing that's keeping Him from molding you. These strongholds in your life that you're just having a hard time getting over. Uh, you know, maybe God's just trying to pluck these things out. And it's being a little painful, and you're wondering, why, you God, are you doing this? Why don't you just yield to God and allow Him to work a work in your life and in your heart? Maybe God's adding to your life. Maybe God's adding people to cross your path. And you might say, well, I don't need more people to cross my path. I got all the friends that I need. Well, maybe this person is that one person that just God's going to use in just a different way to to allow him to form you and to fashion you and to change your mind on some things and to cause you to yield a little bit more to him. Maybe that person is somebody who needs something and God's giving you an opportunity to minister to that person in some way. And it's just there to soften your heart a little bit that God can fashion you and form you. And he's putting these things in place to where he could just shape you the way that he sees fit. I'm reminded of, of this song. Uh, I can't remember. Now that i got to think, but I can't remember. Make me blind that I might see. Make me lame that I might praise you from my knees. Let me hunger, let me thirst until your word is all I need. And sometimes, sometimes God just, just patching things up just isn't quite getting it. And sometimes he just got to. Start all over with us and break us so that we're yielded to him and he can fashion us in the way that that he sees fit. Being confident of this very thing that he that has begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Christ. Man, I'm thankful for that verse. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God of a jealous God, just to the realization that God at any moment, at any time, could just get tired of dealing with us and discard us. Sometimes I wonder just how close to that type of wrath (laughs) that I'm walking on, you know, in my life. Is God ever going to get to a point where he's tired of saying, you know what, we deal with the same thing over and over again. And you always say you're sorry, you always go back to the same thing. You know what, I'm just tired of these shenanigans. God will either get his glory by you or upon you. He'll either use you to get his glory or his glory will show because of his power and his dominion over you to step you aside so that something else can come in and be yielded to him and, and, and do his work. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of this living God This God who has this authority. This God who doesn't have to answer to anybody. This God that can just do whatever he sees fit. And there's nothing that we can do or say. We can plead, we can cry. There's just nothing that we can do or say. But it's a great thing to be in the hands of a potter whose compassions never fail and whose faithfulness is great and whose mercies are new every morning, and that he takes that lump of clay and he continues to be patient and long-suffering with us. And the only thing that stops his mercy towards us is the sin that we insist on keeping in our lives. But the only thing that stops his wrath is our repentance, is our turning back to him God will not change his mind, but he will change his way. God God does, he's, he does what he's going to do. There's nothing we can do about it. He will get glory one way or the other. And you may be living uh, a life on the verge of wrath. Like I said, sometimes I wonder where I'm at on that line. Sometimes I think, man, I just fail him too much. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way that I, he'll grant mercy again, but I'm thankful that he does. And maybe you might be on the verge of that. I'm here to say it's not too late. It's not too late to be restored. He's withheld his hand up to this point. He's just calling, wooing you, urging you to get rid of that thing. Stop fighting, but yield to the potter. And allow him to fashion you and use you in the plan that he sees fit for your life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And they come and sing. I guess I just wonder are, are you yielded to the master? Are you, do you insist on just fighting and fighting? And that fight might be getting so hard at this point, and you're wondering, man, why, what's even the point in fighting? Well, there is no point in fighting. <laughs> he's got all authority, he's got all power. Just yield to him today. Allow him to mold you and to fashion you. Are you thankful or patient? And merciful God. If you are, we should praise Him and thank Him for that today. Maybe you're not fulfilling God's plan in your life because you're, you're just not giving these things up. You're not yielded to Him. So tonight, as we stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've got something you want to pray about, if you've got something you want to deal with, if you've got something you want to lay down to God, if you've got something you want to give over to God so God can yield you and fashion you, you no longer want anything in between you and God to keep you from being that vessel of, of honor. Give
4: it over to God today. How deep the Father's love for us, how best. Beyond all measure That he would give his only son To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of sin turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one, bring